Hey, what's up? And welcome to today's episode of Build Your Tribe. In today's episode, I have the pleasure of interviewing Chandler Bolt, who is the founder and CEO of the Self-Publishing School. And he recently self-published his book titled Published, and he's just a wealth of knowledge. Even if you have no interest in becoming an author, you don't ever see yourself writing a book, you've never even thought about this topic before, you feel like you're not a very good writer, you feel like this isn't you know, your forte, you don't have the credibility, I encourage you to continue listening to today's episode and to approach it with an open mind. If for nothing else, writing a book, getting published is a great tool for marketing. This is an episode that can help you reach more clients, establish credibility, get more leads. You can add this to your sales funnel and your customer acquisition process. So if for nothing else, I encourage you to just listen to today's episode with an opened mind. And if you're the type of person who already feels like you have a story to tell, or you have an expertise you want to share, or you have a problem that you are ready to solve for people, and you want to write a book, then buckle up because today's episode is absolutely for you and you are going to learn so much. So definitely whip out a pen and a piece of paper and get ready to take some furious notes because there's a lot of information and a lot of value packed into today's interview. Also, we are going to be sharing a free webinar that my mom and Chandler are hosting together on this topic. And we'll share more details about that in just a minute. You can get a sneak peek in the show notes. But without further ado, let's hop into the interview. Chandler, welcome to the podcast. Rock, great to be here. Yeah, so excited to speak today and get to dive deep into your expertise, book writing, book publishing. Let's just start with the worst. Let's start with the bad end of the spectrum. What are some of the worst reasons that someone might write a book? (laughs) Worst reason to write a book? I mean, I think if you want to get rich immediately, this is not it. And if you want something that's going to take no time and be effortless, this is not it. But if, I mean, if you want to treat something truly meaningful and that can be one of the best things to grow your business, I think it's a really smart move. Awesome. So something that we talk a lot about is niche, but a lot of times we hear that I have so many ideas, I have so many passions and a lot of our audience members, you know, they, they feel that they have a lot of things they could speak on. So how do you choose which idea you should write a book about if you feel you have too many? Yeah. Oh gosh. That's a great question, Brock. I think there's normally two or three camps, right? There's either I have an idea and I'm clear on it. Mm -hmm. I have no clue what I would want to write about. And then third camp is exactly what you just said. I've got way too many ideas. Mm. And so we only have two rules when working with people at self-publishing school. Rule number one is you can't edit while you write. Okay. Okay, So we all know someone who has five perfectly written chapters in their unfinished book. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right. So you can't edit while you write. But then rule number two speaks to exactly what you just asked, which is you can't write more than one book at a time. Mm. So my challenge to people is to narrow in on one idea. The riches are in the niches, right? So niche down to the most specific idea that you can and really ask three questions. So which one could I finish the fastest? Mm. So maybe you have the most content or life experience on this topic. You can get a rough draft done. All right. Then question number two, which one am I most likely to finish? Mm. So not only am I going to get started, but I'm going to, again, get a rough draft done. What we found, I mean, we've published about 6,000 books in the last seven years, That's just through our students and just that we can track. Mm-hmm. But that, that rough draft point is just this, you get past it, you see the light at the end of the tunnel, you believe this is possible. If mm. you don't, it's like, oh yeah, I knew this wasn't going to happen. Right. So 
which one can I finish the fastest? Which one am I most likely to finish? And then question number three, which one's going to make me happy? Mm. Like, which one am I going to enjoy writing? And sometimes I'll sub that out for entrepreneurs, like business owners, which one's going to generate revenue for my company? Yeah. I mean, generally, that'll be one of the best books that you can write. And if your company's growing, you're probably going to be pretty happy about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that, those are kind of the three questions I asked to narrow in on the idea. Got it. Okay. So going back to the first one, you said something that you can get done the fastest. How do you get into writing a book in the shortest amount of time? Like for people who are listening and they're like, I don't have time. I'm too busy. This yeah. is too much. Is there a way to write a great book in a relatively short amount of time? Yeah. So one of the things, so just for context, I'm a C-level English student and a college dropout with ADHD, <laughs> right? So kind of the last person that you would think to write a book but books changed my life. <laughs> I dropped mm -hmm. out of school and I, you know, kept learning like I was still in school. I call a book a, a $15 mentor. Right? <laughs> I love that. It, it's the smartest, most successful people on the planet have written a book. All you have to do is pay 15 bucks and spend a few hours and you can learn from them. Right. Mm -hmm. So I try to make complicated topics simple. And so in this instance, and I don't know if people can actually see this, but I've got this little graphic. It's in my new book, but basically the, the overarching process, there's eight milestones to going from blank page to publishing the book, right? So there's mind map, outline, rough draft, and self-editing. And so those first four is kind of exactly to your point, how to shortcut the process. So it's mm. the more writing method, which stands for mind map, outline, rough draft, and editing. And so those are the first four of the eight steps is that more writing method. And so the thing mm -hmm. I would recommend, and I can go I can go more into it if we want, but the big picture, I'd say as soon as you get done listening to this, I would take 15 minutes, blank sheet of paper, put your book idea in the middle of the page, set a timer for 15 minutes and write mm. out everything that you can think of mm. on that topic. Gotcha. Right? So lessons that you've learned, broken record conversations, stories, all that. And then that'll kickstart what will form your outline, which the outline you'll use to write your rough draft. Got it. Okay. So really just like a flow of consciousness, like it's just a brain dump. Really, mm -hmm. basically, what you mm -hmm. just described. Exactly, exactly. So, getting ideas out, and then you start to see it, and you start to say, "Oh, there's groups of ideas. Mm. Those groups of ideas will be the sections for your book, right?" So, maybe you got five groups of ideas on this underarching topic or overarching topic. Now, I'm going to order those five groups of ideas in the order that I want to cover it in the book. Five sections, three chapters per section. Now, I've got a 15 chapter outline that I can use to write the book one chapter at a time. Got it. You said that your your company and over the last you said seven years six thousand mm -hmm. books published. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. a lot of books. <laughs> That's, yeah. So, <laughs> who, if anyone, then needs a book agent? Mm, yeah. So there's two or th really now there's a third path. But mm -hmm. so most people are familiar traditional publishing, self publishing. Kind of mm -hmm. what's popping up in in some spots is hybrid publishing too, mm -hmm. which is kind of like a mix between the two, but. It used to be that the only way that you sold books was in bookstores. Mm -hmm. The only way to get into bookstores was to have a publishing deal. The only way to have a publishing deal is to have an agent, right? Got and it. so if you're going for a traditional publishing deal, you need an agent. Now, I'll say for 99.9% .9 of people, it makes more sense to self-publish. And I mean, obviously, I run a kind of company called Self-Publishing School and selfpublishing.com. So I'm a little bit biased, but really, I think that's not, I'm not giving that advice from a point of bias. The mm -hmm. only time it makes sense to traditionally publish is if you've got a big audience and you can get a big advance. And so if you have that, then sometimes it makes sense to traditionally publish. Otherwise, 
70% of all books sold are sold on Amazon now. Mm. And you don't need a publisher to publish on Amazon. And oh, by the way, your publisher is not going to market your book. You have to market the book, whether you traditionally publish or, or, or self-publish. So, Got it. So just quick clarifying question. If you self-publish, you can still sell on Amazon and Audible and, and like those kind of sites? Yep. Amazon, oh. Audible, you can get into some bookstores. It's way harder, but it's definitely possible. I did an interview one time with Pat Flynn and he was talking about how he got his self-published book into airport bookstores, traditional bookstores, that sort of thing. But yeah, pretty much everywhere else online, you can, you can publish there and distribute without a publisher. Got it. Just, do you happen to know the statistics on this one? Are more people buying audible books? Let's start there. Audible books versus traditional physical copy books. Is there a, a statistic there? Yeah, I don't have hard stats, unfortunately. I know audiobooks are on the rise in a major mm-hmm. way. And then there was kind of, you know, there's there's been these ebbs and flows over the last few years where it was like, the Kindle's coming, like, books are dead. People are never going to read physical books. And then you just kind of COVID happens and you see kind of this resurgence of mm. like people are at home reading books and that sort of thing. And so then physical copies. And then now you've got, you know, podcasts mm. on the rise. You've got stuff like that integrated into cars to where, mm. it, 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 where it's making it easier to listen. And so I know audiobook sales are on the rise for me and for a bunch of other authors. Um, and so that's where I really recommend Regardless of all this, these stats, right? If you're an author, you need to publish in all three formats, print, audiobook, and ebook. You're going to sell more copies of the book. You'll make more money in royalties. And if your goal is to build your business using a book, the audiobook, I mean, you're having a multiple hour conversation with someone if you narrate it yourself. And so I think it's one of the best things you can do to grow your business is specifically on the audiobook side of things. Got it. Do you have any statistics about where people purchase books. I'm just curious, as you said, like airport bookstores, that's like one that pops into my brain. But also I know, just thinking of myself personally, I've probably bought most of my books off of like Amazon and online yeah. stores. So is that yeah. the number one way people are buying books? Yeah, the last I heard this, that was about 70% of books mm. purchased or purchased on Amazon, which wow. to me, that's, that's just crazy. It's almost hard to believe. Mm-hmm. Um, where I wonder if some of that has since kind of aggregated where it's online, but it's shifted to a bunch of other e-commerce sites as well. But so online, I mean, it used to be bookstores, but a lot of bookstores are shutting down. And, you know, even Amazon who did a, a test with physical bookstores and the whole premise, which I thought was pretty smart, is we know what people are buying, what books they're buying in what cities. So mm-hmm. we'll stock and that they were, they kind of merchandised it pretty creatively, but they, they've shut down most, if not all of those bookstores. I think they just announced this within the last few months. And so we're just seeing that shift. Now, Stephen Covey begin with the end in mind. What's the purpose of this book? Is it to grow your business? Are you open to make money through rules? Like what is it? Well, if you're going after maybe high-end consulting clients, you want to try to get your book in airport bookstores, right? And that might not move the most volume, but that'll bring you the best customers for your mm. business through that book. So there's things like that to consider as a, volume versus target customer for the business. Got it. Let's backtrack for a second. Can you explain a little bit more just like the difference, what it's like working with a traditional publisher versus self-publishing? Like what are our expectations? What are kind of the differences there? Yeah. Great question. A few differences. So there's differences in take-home and there's differences in process, right? Mm -hmm. So your take-home pay on royalties, if you're traditionally published, about eight to 12% per book. So we're talking a dollar, maybe two bucks a book if you're lucky. On self-published, it's 20 to 70%, kind of depending on the format and all that stuff. So big difference, I mean, a few bucks a book. So big difference in royalties, 
you also keep control of your IP, whereas you don't in, in a lot of traditional publishing deals, nor do you have kind of full control over what you can say and, mm-hmm. and not. And so there's those things, but then the overarching process, right? So traditional publisher, that's going to take two to three years, kind of a two-year minimum, maybe 18 months if you're just really great and fast publisher and you've done this before and that sort of thing. And then self-publish, I mean, it, it could take a year, it could take a few months, it could take a decade. Right. Mm-hmm. Depending on how disciplined you are, like that's the benefit of traditional publishing. You got that manuscript deadline and some external co- accountability. So, I mean, obviously, that's what we try to create with self-publishing school is like, hey, we've got some accountability. We've got a process like we want to save people hundreds of hours in that process. But, it, you know, the, the length of time it takes can be a little bit different. And then there's a bunch of other nuances, but those are kind of like big picture. Got it. So you said you were a C student or a C writing student or English student and a college dropout. At that time, when you were a college dropout, did you enjoy writing or was it something that you hated and, and it was like the last thing you wanted to do? <laughs> yeah, I hated it and I wasn't good at it. Okay. Um, I, I was a good student, mm-hmm. um, but I liked every other class but English because I knew I was going to have to read more and I was going to have to write more. And it, it, you know, some people it just comes naturally. And I remember yeah. I'd be up all night in the library trying to write a three page paper and my friend I turn it in and get a C or a D. My friend would write it in an hour and a half and get an A. Yeah. You know, just like that kind of thing. And so I didn't like it. I wasn't good at it. But then that that's where, you know, I believe and we believe that books change lives. They change the lives of readers and they change the lives of authors. Mm. We always say it's it's not about the book, it's about who you become in the process of writing and publishing that mm. book and all the things that you learn. But that's where I think when I dropped out. About that time, I wrote and published my first book, and I saw the impact that it had in the lives of other people. And then I started reading books because I realized I was like, you know, I dropped out before I got to any of the good business classes that I wanted to go to. And so I got to learn all this stuff somehow. And so it kind of became this, oh, I've got a problem in my business. What's the best book for that? I'll read that book. I'll implement Got this other problem in my business. And just I've that's really, I mean, I can attribute, gosh, vast majority of the things I've learned in the ways that we've grown as a company has been just through that. And so then I started to fall in love with, okay, well, what makes a good book? What are these useful books that I'm reading? Like all this stuff. And that's, that's kind of how it's evolved over the years. Got it. So for someone who maybe feels like you, they weren't a great writer. Maybe I should say feels how you did. They, they're not a great writer. Yeah. They, they hate writing, but they know they have a story to tell or information that they really want to get out there. What would some of your suggestions be for that person? Mm. Well, first, it would just be encouragement. And, mm. and that, you know, when I was in uh, scouts growing up, my scoutmaster, we were on this camp trip one time and I said, hey, we're up in the mountains. I'm like, mm. there's not any bears in here in these woods, are there? He said, well, yeah, Chandler, of course there's bears. That's why we're hanging up our food in, in the trees and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, OK, well, what happens if I see a bear? Mm-hmm. And he said, Chandler, you don't have to be faster than the bear. You just have to be faster than your friend. <laughs> <laughs> and kind of gave me a smile. And, and it's like, okay, well, what does this have to do with writing a book? Well, when I think people get in their head and they think, oh, I'm not Brock Johnson, Shalene Johnson. I'm not Oprah. I'm not Tony Robbins. Like, who am I to write this book? Mm-hmm. And my encouragement would be, you don't have to know everything. You just have to know a little bit more than the person that you're teaching. Mm. And, and so like what you know is is valuable 
And especially if that's been proven valuable in other parts where you, you have a business around it or if people are, are, are coming to you for advice on this thing all the time. So it's valuable. And so although the mechanism might be a little bit unfamiliar or intimidating, the message is really powerful. So then it's, okay, how can I learn to tell this message through this mechanism? Which, good news, that's very teachable. Got it. This edition of Build Your Tribe was brought to you by Instaclub Hub. What is it? It is a membership. That means you log in and all of your lessons are there, but everything pertains only to Instagram. Full disclosure, we don't teach business funnels. We don't teach sales conversions. We don't teach email marketing. That is Marketing Impact Academy. But if you're like, my social media is at the root cause of why my business isn't growing and I know I need to master Instagram, well, you should check it out because we are giving people amazing results, like insane results, because we really have a great time studying this stuff. So check it out. Go to instaclubhub.com right now and we keep you up to date and current. You will grow your Instagram. I promise you that. Is there a way to skip the written form altogether? Because I think of someone like my grandpa, Melvin, my mom's dad, he wants to write a book, but I've seen him type and it's he's heavy breathing <laughs> yeah. and it's one finger poking at a time. I'm sure there are ways it could be easier for him. So is there a way to skip the written form altogether? And if like, let's say you wanted to self-publish an audiobook, can you skip mm. the written form? Yeah, that's a great question. So what I look at is kind of in that more writing method, when you get to the rough draft piece, I go one chapter at a time and then I'll go 10 minutes mind mapping everything I could think of on that chapter, 10 minutes turning that mind map into an outline. And then this is where it kind of becomes a choose your own adventure. So if you write better than you speak, well, then spend 45 minutes to an hour and a half writing the chapter, repeat that process chapter by chapter by chapter. But then you've got the Grandpa Melvin method, which is the speaking method. And so 10-minute mm-hmm. mind map, 10-minute outline, 10 minutes speaking the chapter, mm-hmm. repeat that process chapter by chapter. And then you get that transcribed. You can work with an editor to start making it better. Mm-hmm. And so then, you know, Grandpa Melvin is working a little bit more with like, okay, I've got a draft and I didn't have to, you know, single finger type a 40,000 word draft, but now right. I've I've spoken it out and then I can you know, kind of work that into a, a book. Gotcha. Okay, now a, a technical question. That the Grandpa Melvin, the Grandpa method. Melvin method. There you go. <laughs> Grandpa Melvin, we'll have to send this to him so that he can, he can get to work on his millionth book. Um, so I've heard people on social, like on Instagram stories and stuff, talking about, I mean, even people with relatively small followings, talking about how they've gotten large book advances. And I have no idea what that even means. So can you explain, first of all, just like what is mm-hmm. a book advance and, and how does that work? Yeah, this is a great question. So I look at it, it's kind of like venture capital, which it's like, okay, explain something complicated by explaining something more complicated that not a lot of people understand. (laughs) But hear me out, hear me out. So venture capital, right? The way it works is they see 10 companies, they invest in 10 companies, and then their goal is to get one unicorn, one massive company that just pays for everything. You're going to have two or three that will maybe be base hits. They'll do decent. And then the rest of them are going to completely fail. But the way venture capital works is we find the one unicorn and one in 10, we bet on 10 people that we think can be unicorns or 10 companies, and then we're going to find the one. Traditional publishing process, exactly the same way. And and so they're looking for unicorns uh, and that's what they call a backlist. A backlist is a book that consistently sells. And so the way that they 
know whether or not they think you're going to be a unicorn is how big's your audience? Like, how can you sell this book? Which that's mm-hmm. surprising to most people. It's like, oh, I'm going to go to my publisher and say, all right, guys, what's the plan? And in fact, it's the opposite. It's like, <laughs> all right, what's your plan to sell this book? And so that's like the big picture in the weeds. You, you get an agent, you shop around to a bunch of publishing houses, hopefully get an offer. If you've got a big audience, maybe multiple offers and you can get kind of some bidding going. And then mm-hmm. you get a, a, an advance. The bigger the advance, the more committed that publisher is to this book. And okay. the more they will likely spend some money on marketing. Now, we could go all the way all, all down that where at the end of the day, I would just say, hey, give me your marketing budget and I'll spend it better. But you know, th- that's kind of the, the big picture of how it works. Got it. Okay. Well, let's talk more about some of that, like working with a big publisher, you get signed mm-hmm. to one of these publishers. Like what are the typical obligations, challenges? I know we talked a little bit about timeline, but just yeah. working with a traditional publisher. Yeah. So uh, it's going to be a two-year commitment. You're going to sign the deal. You're going to hopefully get an advance. Some you might not get an advance and you're going to have to, basically you got to turn into manuscript by X date. They're going to sign you some editorial before you've even gotten the deal, you've created a book proposal, which means you, you have a premise, you have a hook, maybe even a title, like that sort of thing. You have a marketing plan. And mm-hmm. so a lot of times I think, I think creating a book proposal is very valuable, even if you're not shopping the book, because you're going to have a plan for the book. Mm-hmm. It's like having a business plan before starting a business kind of thing. And so I think that can be really helpful. Then you got to turn in that manuscript. Then you're going to work with editorial and do covers, all that stuff. Then you're going to prep for launch. They're going to have some marketing team on there. They're probably just shooting super straight. They're probably going to not be that good. And especially, I mean, compared to you, Brock, and I'm assuming this audience as well is like very solid marketers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. 99.999999% <laughs> chance that you're going to be a exponentially better marketer. And so th- then there's that. And then you have to s- often sell a minimum amount of copies. So you got to sell 10,000 minimum oh. to- before you even start getting royalties. Oh, or, wow. or sometimes you got to pay back your event. Like there's a bunch of stuff depending on the contract. So really make sure that you have a good agent and you sign a good contract. Got it. Because uh, they can kind of, there's a lot of things there. Got it. If I decide to self-publish, what are some of the, the biggest mistakes that people might want to watch out for when self-publishing? Mm. Yeah. I think for a lot of people, the biggest mistake is not getting started with the book. <laughs> and, and so it's like they, they're in their mind saying, oh yeah, I'm working on this book for years and years and years. And they never start because there's no, it, there's no fit. It doesn't feel like there's a definitive starting point. Mm. But then if we, then the hardest part is getting the rough draft done. Second hardest part is the first time you read it and editing it and getting it going. And then to circle all the way back and answer your question, I think the biggest mistake people make is they think if I build it, they will come Mm -hmm. and they just kind of just put it out there and they don't really, they don't treat it like, you know, if I've got a traditional publisher, it's like, it just kind of feels like this bigger thing and I've got to prepare for the launch and there's all these people involved and there's expectations, but it can easily feel like it's not the case when you're self-publishing, but you got to treat it. Your self-published book shouldn't look self-published. And you shouldn't launch it like it's self-published. You should you should have an intentional marketing plan and launch strategy and all that stuff. And I just think a lot of people, they, they don't. And then they're like, oh man, why did I do this? It's not selling as well as I want, all that stuff. Got it. What are some of the common misconceptions that people have that you hear around hmm. self-publishing? Oh yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people living kind of living a little bit still in the dark ages, which is self-publishing. It used to be 
the the backup plan it was like the thing you did if you weren't legit and if you mm. couldn't get a traditional publishing deal to now you know self-publishing is the preferred option for a lot of authors i've sense. got a bunch of friends that could get massive publishing deals but they don't and they self-publish because they know i can keep creative control i can move through the process faster i can use this to directly grow my business in a way that i couldn't if i was traditionally published and the royalties, like I'm going to make a whole lot more money. Like just, there's just so many things there. So I think the misconception is this like, ah, uh, that everyone knows and they think worse of you, but it's like, it's a small line item on Amazon that if you're not an author, you probably don't even know that it's there. And so if you produce a quality book, that's like, okay, this feels significant. And this feels like a legit traditionally published book. Most people won't know the difference. That makes sense. That totally makes sense. If you do self-publish, is it tougher to get on those like bestseller lists, New York Times bestseller? Is it tougher or more challenging to get on those if you self-publish? Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. So there's, I'm looking in this book. It's the thing about having a new material is this like sometimes you get to reference your notes <laughs> or what you actually wrote. <laughs> yeah, what did I write um, here? What, what did I say? Yeah, right. So there's a couple different types of lists. There's editorial lists and there's merit-based lists. Right. And so editorial lists are like New York Times editorial. So it's meant to be a bestseller list, but it's really at the end of the day, it's it's partially merit based, but more editorial. I'm um, sorry. I think I mixed my words up a little bit there. So that means that if the New York Times doesn't like me, yeah, I don't Chandler has a Southern accent. I don't like him. You know, maybe there's it was just raining today and I didn't like that or whatever reason mm -hmm. they can keep you off the list. And so that's where it's tougher to make the New York Times list as self-published. Now, Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestseller list, you can definitely still make it. And those are more truly merit-based lists. Mm. But I mean, you're dealing with decades of tradition, right? When people hear that, they're like, ah, oh, I want to be New York Times. So come on now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, sense. I want to be on the New York Times list. And it's very hard to do that self-publish. Got it. Okay. Well, that's good to know. If I've never written a book before and I want to self-publish, and I'm definitely not a professional writer, which I would assume most people listening and watching are not. Should I look for and hire a professional editor? And like, where do I even start with that? Yeah, you should definitely look for and hire a professional editor. Um, there's really two or three main people you want to hire that will just make a big difference is a great right. cover designer, a great editor, and a great formatter. Mm. Right. So uh, cover design helps you, helps you have a good, good looking cover. That's not just good looking, but that's a best selling book cover formatted so that it looks like a traditionally published book and, and a good book. And then obviously good editor, that's the content of the book. And really all those three things, the way that you can find them is, is very similar. It's referrals or marketplaces, Got it. right? So referrals, these are authors that you might know that they did work for them. And so then you can say, Hey, well, they, I love this book. Then they'll do great work for me. We've got kind of a network at self-publishing school and exclusive discounts and like a bunch of stuff where we refer a lot of this business out. We, we just started doing this ourselves in house because so many people are asking about it kind of like the final mile. It's like, right. man, I don't want to work with a formatter and a cover designer and all that stuff. So we do a lot of it in house now. So referrals, that's one route. Then marketplaces, you can go to places like Upwork, 99designs, Fiverr, but that's a little bit on the lower end. And so then, then you're kind of doing, and I've got some a bunch of templates and stuff that people can use for this. You're doing a book cover design brief or an editing brief. Say, hey, here's about the book. Here's about how long it is. Here's what I'm looking for in an editor 
cover designer formatter, et cetera. And it's, so it's, it's actually very similar hiring for those three things. You're, you're doing the similar type process. Gotcha. And we'll make sure to link all that up so that everyone can, can find those templates and where to access them. Let's say I'm listening right now and I'm like, all right, I'm going to self-publish. I've made that decision, but maybe I'm, I'm not an amazing marketer. I don't have a huge email list. I don't have a hundred thousand followers on Instagram. What is my first step in terms of promotion or marketing after I decide to self-publish? Yeah. Um, so I'll give you the actual first step for launch and then I'll back up. And it's like the first step that a lot of people don't think about. Okay. And so the first step that a lot of people don't think about is getting super clear what I call the four P's of a best-selling book. So person, pain, promise, price, right? Now, this is a little bit more, like I have, this is kind of modified from like a good offer. Obviously price is pretty you know, it's pretty standard depending on the format, but so you got person, who's the person that I'm writing this book to, this is the ideal reader. And I encourage people to think of one person. So it's like, Oh, this is one person that I actually know. So it's like, Oh, my, say my ideal reader is Brock. Right. So it's like, okay, I'm writing this book to Brock. Okay. What's the pain that Brock has that he knows that he has. And then that he's looking to solve. And then what's the promise that I can make through this book. So get super clear on that up front. Riches are in the niches, like niche down as, as specifically as possible. So, you know, it's, I was going to, it's tough to use you as an example because we just met last week, <laughs> but you know, it's like if people are, so I'm not going to use an example of this, but let's say working out, right. So it's like workouts for over 50 women, mm. like, okay, that's very specific. And maybe I know Susie who's someone I actually know, and I'm going to write that book to them. And so then you're going to write a better book. You're going to know who you're marketing it to. It's going to be so much easier to find the places that you can market that book. Like everything gets easier. So that's like the, the vitamin type solution. And then there's the actual like, all right, this is what to do when you launch, which is if you do nothing else, just create a launch team. And this could be 15 people. This could be 50 people, could be more. It's customers, friends, family members, coworkers, anyone who supports you or the topic of the book, they're going to read the book ahead of time. They're going to leave a review on day one and they'll be a part of this launch team. They'll get a free copy of the book, maybe even digital copy of the book ahead of time, that sort of thing. So it's a win-win. Mm-hmm. You're now launching with 10, 15, 50 reviews right out of the gate. So you've got uh-huh. momentum. It's so, so, so helpful. There's a bunch of other stuff that I recommend, but it's one of those, if you just do that, do the launch team. You can do that with no Instagram followers, no any of that. Cool. Got it. You said the second P was problem, right? Person pain. Pain or pain. Okay. Pain. pain. And you said that something that was, I thought it was really huge and I wanted to go back to it. You said you're solving a problem that that person already knows they have. (laughs) Is that a, is that a problem you see people running into is they're solving problems that people don't even know they have? Gosh, yes. And I've done it. A lot yeah. of times, probably still do it <laughs> with new products and stuff like that. It's like, oh, people need to know about this. And it's the, pro- it's, it's the market sophistication that, or the levels of sophistication that you have that your customer doesn't, yeah. right? And so just a very tangible example. Let's say you're a physical therapist. You treat a lot of people with back pain. Mm-hmm. Now, you know that it's their posture. That's it, right? And, and so it's like, oh, I'm going to write a posture book. Well, guess what? your customer doesn't know that they have a posture problem. Yeah. And so if you write a posture book, no one's going to buy that posture book because they're like, 
What? I don't want a posture yeah. book. I want you to fix my back pain. But gotcha. if you, you could write a back pain book and then fill it with things about posture. <laughs> and so it's the same topic, but it, I call this it's chocolate covered broccoli. It's like mm, sell mm-hmm. them what they want, give them what they need. Mm. And, and it's kind of the whole pain. It's easier to sell pain pills than it is to sell vitamins. Yeah. And so speak to the pain, speak to the pain that people know that they have. And you can still have broccoli in there and they need that broccoli, but lead with the pain that they have that they know that they have. Gotcha. How can you transition this book launch into a way you talked about it earlier to grow your business, like a lead magnet? How can I use it to get customers, clients, leads, whatever that may be? Oh, gosh, yes. I love this stuff. So I look at a book. I, first off, I think a book is one of the best things that you can do to grow your business. It's I look at it of how do you use the book to get more leads, more sales, more referrals, right? Those those three buckets. So leads, these are people who have who hear about you because of your book. They've yeah. never heard about you, right? So a lot of people read my book published. They would never know about self-publishing school until they heard this book, right? So you got more leads. Secondly, more sales, so this, these are people who already know about you, who decide to do business with you because of your book. So I look at how do you integrate that, your book into your sales funnel, right? So th- most people probably have traffic to lead to either purchase or appointment, you know, book a call, show up for that call, close a sale, right? Some sort of funnel that resembles that. And so if you add your book as part of that funnel, right? The, the root word of authority is author. You can't spell the word authority without the word author. <laughs> so you become an authority when you write this book, but when you introduce this book as part of the sales process. So all your conversion rates will go up, your traffic to lead, your lead to appointment, because you can, I'll give you a book when you show up to the webinar and stay to the end, right? Okay. Things like that, that will just boost your, your close rate, all that. So use the book to get more sales. And then thirdly, use the book to get more referrals. And so I recommend people give, two copies of their book to every new customer and maybe even new prospect, depending on how high your average order value is and whether or not it makes sense to do that. But so think about it. If, if I say, Hey Brock, you know, you're a new customer, here's a copy of my book published. And here's a book for someone, you know, who needs help writing a book. Well, now you, you turn your customers into active refers. Mm. They're not going to go walk around handing out your business cards, but they might hand the book to someone and say, Hey, here's, here's this book. And then now they just referred you a customer. They read that book and they say, Oh man, this is really good. I need to do business with Brock. Like I, I like the way he thinks about things. This was really helpful for me. I'm going to take that next step. Got it. Well, I'm, I'm feeling inspired now. I, I want, I want to go write a book, <laughs> but you keep holding up your book and you keep talking about it. So can you tell us some of the things that you cover more in depth in this new book? Yeah. Thanks for asking. So the new book is called published the proven path from blank page to 10,000 copies sold. This is one of um, the, the book I gave you last week when we were mm-hmm. in person. So it kind of goes, it goes from blank page to published your first 10,000 copies sold. And then how do you use the book to get more lead sales and referrals? Like I've got a chapter on that. I've got a chapter on the mind mapping piece we talked about, the outline piece, the launch team, so many different things that we talked about in, in this interview. It goes a whole lot more in depth in this book. Awesome. Let's say I'm listening right now or I'm watching and maybe you're like my mom and you have ADHD and you know you're going to get distracted and you're not going to finish the book or you just know yourself and you're not super disciplined to follow through. Do you offer any kinds of like consultation services or, or things like that? Yeah, for sure. It's it's one of the first and best 
next steps for people is mm-hmm. a lot of times people come to us in that phase, they book a call with my team. And then we say, all right, let's get clear on your book, who you're writing it for and what are your goals. And mm-hmm. then based on that, we see if we can help them. And then that's also part of the coaching process that we do is like, that's one of the first coaching calls and then throughout the process. So we definitely help with that as someone with ADHD. And I know me and your mom did an episode on self-publishing school podcast about writing books with ADHD. And it was just <laughs> such a fun chat because we both had, we both had, have had so many similar experiences there. Mm-hmm. Um, I can say it's, it's really helpful to have that accountability and kind of that, that, that structure and focus to follow. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Where can someone go if they want to find out more about you and what you do in the self-publishing school? Yeah. So first and best place. So if you want a copy of the book, this is kind of the first and best place to start. I'd love to give away 50 free physical copies of this book to this audience. So for the first 50 people, if you go to the link publishedbook.com forward slash Shalene. So that's publishedbook.com forward slash Shalene. You can grab a copy there for free on the thank you page of that. You can book a call with my team if you want to chat with us about how we can help um, with your book. And then we'll probably put this in the show notes, but depending on when you're listening to this, I think we've got uh, a training coming up with uh, Shalene as well on exactly this topic. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll share some more information about that. But Chandler, thank you so much. You're a wealth of knowledge. And and I feel like our listeners are really going to walk away from this, hopefully feeling as inspired as I do and as motivated that this is something that's actually possible and can really help their business. So thank you. Brock, you're the man. Thanks for having me. Awesome. I told you Chandler is an absolute wealth of knowledge. And if he packed this much value and expertise into a podcast interview, I am so hyped for that webinar, which again is coming up super soon on Tuesday, March 29th, 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific time. All you have to do to get registered is visit shaleen.com forward slash publish. And I'm just so excited. I hope if you listened all the way through this episode, which of course you did because you're listening to me right now, I hope it opened your eyes and I hope it made you reconsider this topic of writing a book getting published, self-publishing, and just the different ways that you can use it as a marketing tool, a lead generation tool, and just ways that a book can really help your business, your credibility, your expertise, and your exposure to a wider audience. So thank you so much for listening today. I hope to see you on that webinar because I hope to be in attendance myself. I plan on being an audience member. And again, it's shaleen.com forward slash publish. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, happy networking. If you enjoyed this show, please don't forget to make sure you're subscribed and following along. Build Your Tribe is available on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and most every podcast app. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to leave a five-star review and tell us specifically what you enjoyed. We'd love to know. Build Your Tribe is released every Tuesday and Thursday. For Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, be sure to follow and subscribe to Shalene's other podcast, The Shalene Show. It's about living your best life, improving all areas like mindset, habits, relationships, nutrition, ADHD, fitness, self-care, sleep, and so much more. Links to anything referenced in today's episode, as well as show sponsors and other podcasts, can be found below in our show notes.